how do you monetize your platform? I don't care whether you've got a blog, a YouTube channel, or a podcast. There are certain ways that you can increase revenue, generate sales. And in fact, even if you have a mailing list or a bunch of customers, there are ways for you to make money. In this episode, we are coaching a YouTube channel owner, Andrew, on how to monetize his channel. This should give you a huge amount of ideas on how you can monetize your audience. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur Podcast, and I've been excited about this episode for some time. It's taken a while to get it together. I have Andrew Alinda with me. Andrew, welcome to the show. Alan, thank you so much for having me here. I feel a little bit starstruck because I've listened to the Rebel Entrepreneur for a while. And yeah, it is so great to be here. I'm so happy you're on the show. And uh, yeah, I've never had that before when people go, I feel starstruck. I'm just Alan. This is weird, but we're going with it. Thank you. Now you sent in a message about YouTube channels. How do you monetize it? How do you grow it? And I think it's actually a really important question. How do you monetize? And the strategies for monetizing a YouTube channel, a blog, a podcast, actually pretty much anything online are fairly similar. So this is going to be an incredibly valuable episode to the audience to discuss through how you monetize things. But before we get there, I guess we need to set the scene. What do you do? Where did you start? And where are you now? That's a lot of questions in one, but let's let's go for this. Yeah, sure. I'll try and keep it concise. So essentially, in my day job, I'm a desk jockey. I work in an office. I won't bore you with exactly what I do, but I work for a big British company and I sit at a desk all day. But my real passion is fitness. I'm really big on sport. I'm really big on just general fitness and keeping moving. So I decided to start a YouTube channel to document my journey along a branch of fitness called calisthenics. Now, for those who don't know, calisthenics is essentially poor man's gymnastics. You use your body to do things like handstands, you know, things on a on a bar, you hold yourself in really freaky positions and, and it's really cool. I really enjoy it. And I wanted to document my journey on learning these skills. So I started a YouTube channel and since it's kind of taken off a little bit more than I expected and the place <laughs> where I'm at at the moment is that I can see that community forming and I want to know what I could potentially be doing with it if that makes sense. So you've been going about a year now doing one video a week for a year. So you're sort of 50 videos in. And for perspective for the audience, you have 2,300 subscribers to your YouTube channel and your videos have been getting up to 40,000 views per video. I mean, that is, that's huge, Andrew. You should be incredibly happy with the success you've had to go from zero to that in a year is phenomenal. Yeah, I really am. And that's actually another interesting part because the YouTube algorithm, sometimes it loves you, sometimes it hates you, but it is really encouraging to know that, you know, you work hard and you film a video that you want to add value to lots of other people and they come along. And not only that, they leave you really nice comments as well. And like I said, I can really see that community forming and it's really encouraging. 
that's all I can say. It's, it's so, so encouraging. I love that. So let's, um, for the audience listening along, if you want to go to Andrew's channel and have a look at the channel whilst we talk, you'll be able to see what Andrew does, see what's going on. Andrew, how do they find you on YouTube? So yeah, you can find me on YouTube by searching my name, Andrew Alinda, that's Alinda, A-L-I-N for November, D-A, or you can search Cali to the crowd. So Cali, short for calisthenics, C-A-L-I to the crowd. And you can find me in both those ways. I, I pop up quite quickly with both those searches. Excellent. So do have a look at Andrew's channel and have a look at what we're discussing whilst we're going along. Because I think there's two elements to this, Andrew. Element one is how do we continue to increase your channel? Because 2,300 subscribers is fantastic. And the views you've got are fantastic. And if you really want to monetize through sponsorship, through adverts on your channel, through different pieces, like we need to grow the channel even more. Mm. And if you look at, we had Matt Estley on in season one, he's got over a hundred thousand subscribers. He's making his full-time income from it. We've got a journey to go before we get there. So number one is how do we continue to grow the channel, help the audience and build that. And then number two is how do you earn the money from the channel? How do you monetize? I love that American word, monetize with an S. How do you monetize the channel to earn the money you need to be able to replace your desk jockey job, which you want to escape <laughs> from and earn full-time money doing your videos? So I think those are the two bits. Should we start by having a look, quick look at the channel together and having a few comments on the channel uh, yeah, and brainstorming sure. growing that? And then let's go from there. Sure. Seriously, feel free to throw as many darts as it as you want. I'm here for the feedback. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because actually that's the only way to improve. 100%. The only way to improve is to get the feedback that says, do this. Can you change this? Can you do that? And it becomes harder and harder to get it as you go through the journey because there's less people who can give you the feedback who've actually gone further than you have. Now, I have not gone as far as you have on YouTube, but I have some experience <laughs> with marketing, internet, and business, so hopefully I can add some value on this. So for the audience listening, have a look right at the top. You've got Cali to the crowd. It says new videos every week. It's got your Instagram at Andrew Alinda, which is great. I have to say, the first thing I read when it was Cali to the crowd was I thought you were going to be Californian <laughs> and I was not expecting a posh British accent to turn up when I actually spoke to you at all. And I think my first piece of feedback, which I know we've mentioned before is Cali to the crowd doesn't really tell anyone what you do. Yeah, I think so. First of all, that's actually not the first time I've heard that. So that alone is good feedback in in itself because already calisthenics is a really niche branch of fitness. So for somebody landing on my YouTube homepage for the first time, you might think I'm Californian. Um, <laughs> and I think fundamentally, that is the sort of story I want to tell. I want people to land on the page and know exactly what they're going to be getting very quickly. So yeah, that is a really, really good piece of feedback. And then we've got that sort of black banner I think there's a missed opportunity to sort of show the channel what you do, what it is. I don't know if there's an image with you levitating halfway out or pulling a perfect plank or whatever it is that you have. 
that has calisthenics and shows yeah. what people are getting immediately. I think that will help them to understand what the channel is about immediately. Yeah, for sure. I think as well, what we're dealing with there is a little bit is legacy. So when I first started, I couldn't do half the stuff I could do today. <laughs> and and that banner probably hasn't, no, it actually hasn't changed since my first ever video. So yeah, probably ripe for a little bit of a transformation of itself. It's time to a refresh. And yeah. I think we all go through this. We have just rebranded Pop-Up Business School to Rebel Business School. And the brand that got us to this point is not the brand that is going to get us to the next point, but you have to start somewhere. So getting that first version out there is the most important point. But then there's always a stage where you need to go to version two, always. So going down the page from that first header, we've got your opening video, which is the one year calisthenics transformation. Looking just below that, your most recent video, new to calisthenics, start here. You've got six need to knows with a lovely piece of red text with you doing sort of a push-up plank and then beginner calisthenics. Like you've got a really nice graphic there. Is there a reason why you haven't chosen to do an opening graphic on the one-year calisthenics transformation video that's your opening video to the channel? Yeah, so there's kind of two reasons why I kind of put that video there. The first one is the kind of boring YouTube analytics reason. It's on paper so far, my highest performing video, maybe not so much in terms of views, but in terms of how much of the video people are watching, in terms of how many people are clicking it versus the number of people YouTube are showing it to. So based on some of my other videos that are performed similarly, I'm expecting that to get a lot of traffic. It seems to be performing well, so I figured, okay, I'll give it a little bit of help and put it front and center. The second reason is that I feel in fitness, and I personally think this is a bit of a problem with fitness. If you don't have some sort of photo that looks a bit abby, uh, you know, you, you've got your muscles out, people don't tend to take the information you're conveying properly at least not in the same way that you would expect it to be taken, whether it was factual from somebody who was, you know, slightly out of shape. And that I think is something I'm trying to lean on a little bit in terms of catch people's attention with maybe the more typical fitness photo that you'd expect, and then actually provide the valuable information secondary to that. You know, our little chimp brains need sometimes a little bit of help to process that information. So yeah, that, that's basically what I'm leaning on with that video going first and foremost, I guess. So I think this is a really interesting point because for all advice, you need to look for someone who's done what you need to get to. And in the fitness world, like it's really easy to see. Like you look at someone and you can make an instant judgment. Are they fit or not? Are they healthy or not? What people don't realize is that quite often you can look absolutely ripped, but not be healthy. Yeah. And there is a distinction between those two, but it's very easy to look. And in the business support world, like who do you take advice from? Are you taking advice from someone who's built a business? Are you taking advice from someone who's done what you want to do, has monetized the different things? In finance, like most of the financial advisors out there, <laughs> they don't have their own finance in order, but it's just a little bit easier to see it in health. Like, I would love to say to the financial advisors, show me your net worth statement 
<laughs> I will take advice from you after you've shown me your net worth. But it's really interesting when you talk about that. But there is a quick visual way to prove in health and fitness that you've got the credentials to be able to do this. Yeah, like I said, it's a really interesting one because um, to your point about the financial advisors that sometimes don't even have their own finances in order, you can actually go the other way with fitness. So somebody comes up with all the abs and all the muscles and then they're pushing potentially a dangerous product or information that might not be healthy for the majority of the population. So you're right, it goes both ways. And I think it's something that I don't like about the industry, but in order to get noticed, there is a part of you that has to play the game a little bit, even if you're going to follow it up with really high value information. And this is the bit that I learned. I had huge objections to the business startup game but actually you do not have the right. One does not have the right to change the game until you've played and beat the game. Yeah. And I think we all have to play the game until we get to a stage where we go, actually, I've played the game. I've knocked it out of the park. Now I'm going to start to try and influence it and change it. And I think lots of people try and change the game before they've actually learned how to play the existing game. But you've got to play the game first. So for me, it was... I'm going to learn the finance game. I'm going to learn the business game. I'm going to smash this out of the park. I think I've done all right. I got to the stage where I never have to work again uh, when I was 40 years old. I've built a business that's across three continents and helps thousands of people a year. Like I've done okay. Now I've set about the podcast, the course on my website. I do the Take Control of Your Finances course with my wife, Katie, and we give that away. I've set about trying to change the game for everyone else but only from the position of I've played the game. So for all of you listening to the podcast, how well are you playing the existing game? And before you try and change it, like have the ideas to change it along the way, but before you try and change it, how well can you play the existing game? And if you can't, get in and play the game. Andrew is playing the YouTube game and before he can change it, he needs to win it. He's playing the health game and he's winning at that. I can tell by the pictures. And if you've looked at his channel, <laughs> you can definitely tell he's winning that. I'll take that as a massive compliment. <laughs> so let's move on to the next section. So we've got the kind of channel, which is great. And one of the things I've said, so had this young guy come to me and I was coaching him with a YouTube channel many years ago. Uh, his name's actually Andrew as well, funny enough. And his channel's Tech Team GB and he grew it. But one of the things I was speaking to him to start with is it's great producing content, but the most important sentence I want to give is this idea of if you build it, they will come. Have you heard that sentence before, Andrew? Yeah, mainly from your podcast. <laughs> mainly from my podcast, yeah. Uh, oh, that's interesting. I've surpassed Field of Dreams, the movie with Kevin Costner as the purveyor <laughs> yeah. of this but if you build it, they will come is the biggest lie out there. Mm. If you build it, no one will come until you promote it. And this is actually the next step. It's great playing the game on the YouTube algorithm and it's great getting viewers there. What are you doing outside that to drive traffic, to get viewers, to engage with the audience? How are you building the channel outside YouTube? Yeah. So I've tried a few things. So it took me a while before I even shared a single one of my videos. There was a lot of um, inferiority complex around doing that. There was a part of me that said, okay, if I put that part of my life on my Facebook, on my Instagram, what I'm essentially saying is 
you people can now see into my life. And if I was to fail at this, all of my friends and family would essentially see my failure. Now, looking back on it, I can now think, okay, who would care? (laughs) If I had tripped up on YouTube and, you know, at the time, probably I had three viewers a week, two of them probably being my (laughs) mum watching them on two different devices. When I look back on it, it sounds silly, but it took me a whole lot of, I don't know, motivation to put that on my Instagram and my Facebook. That was the first step. And surprise, surprise, the feedback was great. I had friends flock in and leave comments. They subscribed. They, a lot of them still watch it today, which is really encouraging. The second thing I did was I did a collaboration just before lockdown. The timing of this was perfect. It was like the week before the UK went into their second lockdown. I reached out to somebody who also does, runs a YouTube channel. And he replied to me, he has 32,000 subscribers. So I did not expect him to even entertain the idea of coming onto my YouTube channel. And he not only wanted to come to my YouTube channel, he came to my house. We filmed in my garden because I've got a really nice setup. He lives on the other side of the country. So he came to my house for a weekend. He filmed with me. We filmed two videos for his channel, two videos for my channel. That day that I posted the video with him on it, I got about 500 extra subscribers, which was... Wow. Which is like a 25% uplift on where I was at the time. And it that was really nice as well. And I think where I'm at right now is that I can see that growth continuing. I still share it. I still engage with other people in the area. I'm just not sure, because I've not done this before, I'm not sure if there's something I'm missing. You know, you you say, if you build it, they will come. I'm building it. They're trickling through. How do I snowball this? I actually say, if you build it, they will come is a load of rubbish. Yeah. If you build it, they will come. Like, if you build it, no one will come unless you promote it. So you've got the trickle. We need to go out there and promote it. So, Mm. and there are so many ways to promote a YouTube channel. Part of this is let's look up all of the ways you can promote a YouTube channel. Choose three that we think we can do religiously Mm. and then do it, do it, do it and measure the impact. Then from those three, we go, which is the one that is creating the biggest movement from my channel? And we double down, we triple down on that. But that's basically it. So we go, okay, I'm going to engage on Twitter under the hashtag calisthenics. I'm going to engage on Instagram and I'm going to send out messages to anyone who mentions calisthenics, follow them, connect with them, share messages. I'm going to whatever it is. I'm going to build an email list. I'm going to start directing people to my own website, build an email list, or I'm going to have a competition. I'm going to have a competition. And the competition is, if you're watching this, put your email address in here. Have you seen those competition tools that allow people to have an entry for each of the actions they take? So if they subscribe to your YouTube channel, they get one entry. If they share your YouTube channel, they get two entries. If they share it on Twitter, Facebook, Mm. and it actually promotes the actions you want to take. Have a competition for a weekend's training that you will film and anyone can enter. And if they do these things, they get entries. Like that kind of thing really drives engagement, really drives people doing it. Trail it over the next four months. Like we just need to pick three things that you can do consistently to build the channel. 
and then we need to do them and see which one has impact and measure measure the results. Then we can decide what to do next. Yeah, 100%. It's interesting because some of those ideas are ideas that I've thought of, I just haven't pulled the trigger on. So I think this is that kick up the bum to give those a go, for sure. What has stopped you from doing it? There's a part of me that has thought, what if people don't enter? You know, what if it doesn't get the result that you want? It's one of those things that I know I'm being silly about it. I know that if I did it and in two weeks time, maybe the results weren't what I expect. I'd look back on it and go, oh, well, at least I tried that. And I think, you know what, sometimes I think I need to get out of my own way because while I'm extremely happy with two and a half thousand subscribers, I'm still small enough to try lots of different things without anything calamitous happening. So yeah, I'm more than happy to give that a go. Well, I think it's the framing. So I would frame this as an experiment. And you can tell the audience you're going to do it. I'm doing an experiment. Here's what I'm doing. This is the plan. And I think that you're saying you're still small enough to be able to do this. I love it that even Tim Ferriss on Tim Ferriss's podcast, which is one of the biggest podcasts in the world, he still gets on there and goes, I'm doing an experiment and I'm doing this to see what happens. And that's his framing. And he's so free to try things. And you've got to be free to try things because not everything will work. And you will never know what is going to be the most successful until you try it. You just don't know. And I'm about to pull the trigger on this for my own podcast, Andrew. And I am going to do an experiment. I'm going to hire four random people from Fiverr or People Per Hour or a site like that that promote podcasts. I'm going to give them an episode each to promote that I know how many downloads it's had before the start. And I'm going to have an experiment to see which one makes the most difference on audience listenership. And I'm just going to do an experiment. I don't know if any of it works. And I might waste a hundred pounds, a couple of hundred dollars, and none of it might work. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to learn something. Mm. And it's going to make an interesting episode of the podcast talking about what works promotional wise. Ideally, I would give one episode to myself and then go and do a whole (laughs) bunch of stuff myself and see if I can beat the people that I'm hiring to do it as well. But it's that experiment. So I would pick three things that you want to test for marketing your videos. I would do them and then I would measure using analytics which one creates the most impact for you. And then I would do more of it. So what do you think? Off the top of your head, what would be the three things you want to try to grow traffic? So the first thing I think To your point on the multiple entries competition, I'd be keen on trying that. I think I've seen it work. I've seen it when it's not done well as well, which I think is also quite important. So yeah, I think certainly getting to a point, maybe a giveaway or like you said, something specifically tailored to the person that wins. If I was to think of something else, I think reaching out to other people. So a little bit for context, as we're filming, the UK lockdown is coming to a close. And what I could start to leverage is maybe getting in touch with other people in similar scenarios as me to build community, but with established community. So right now I feel I'm getting people trickling through as they're finding my YouTube videos and they're getting value from them. So they stick around. I think it would be great to then leverage other people who are already in, I guess, established fitness communities collaborating with a different YouTuber or somebody and saying, 
hey, we share ideals, why don't we connect? Well, you've already proved that works by doing the mini experiment. Like you, you said you had a 500 uplift. Like that's a huge, you've already done the mini experiment. Now you double down. Mm. Now you reach out to all the other YouTubers. Now you go big. Like you've already done that mini experiment. That, that should be, yeah, do that top of your list. Yeah, for sure. I think it's one of those ones where I'd actually wonder how many other people in a similar sort of position as the person who collabed with me in the past. So like I said, he had 32,000 subscribers. He came over and that was great. I'd wonder how many other people would entertain that. I mean, I haven't asked, so I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, definitely doing that again, I think would be really, really valuable. So just on that point, before you go on, so many people go to me, Alan, I don't know if it'll work. What do you think my response is to that? Have you tried? It was like, well, I don't know either. Like, what's the only way to know? I don't know. Like, like how do we know if a YouTuber with 100,000 people, he might just be coming to the stage where he's going, I don't know what to film for next week. And mm. you message and go, can we do a collaboration? He goes, hell yes. You also might message when he's got a year's worth of content planned and he's trying to take time off and he doesn't even respond because he's like, who is this guy with 2,500 followers? But what's the only way to know? Yeah, to give it a go. (laughs) There's not that much confidence in your voice there. It's like, yeah, give it a go. No, Uh, I I mean, mean, no, seriously, I mean that with impotence. Like, if you don't ask, you don't get. So you've got to try it. I tried it with someone before. It yielded phenomenal results. So, yeah, give it a go and give it a try. And I'll definitely double down on it because it's been successful in the past. How did you end up on this podcast? I sent you... (laughs) a wildly prospective email that if I'm honest I didn't expect you to reply to and you replied within (laughs) you replied within 10 minutes and I was like oh my gosh I I have an email thread with Alan Donegan he's invited me on his podcast this is awesome and yeah it happened so yeah it's like I said I need to get out of my old way sometimes I really do Mm -hmm. you just need to give it a go so like stop thinking they might reject me and start doing because they might say yes. And if they say yes, it's unbelievable what happens. So number one, run a competition. Just like sketch out a plan, mm. do some thinking, have a go and run it. And you can't get to version two of the competition until you run version one of the competition. Yeah. So just start start reaching out to the other people for the collaborations. I think that's fantastic. And yeah, give me number three for growing a channel. And then the third one, I've been thinking about this for a while, actually. And I know what you're going to say. This is going to be one of those, have you tried? (laughs) There are a lot of things that I use as part of my creating my videos and as part of my training. Weight vests, gloves, wrist supports, yoga mats. These are all things that I purchase myself. Products that I use every day, but I get value from and I know other people will get value from. So there's a part of me that thinks I'm at a point now where I could legitimately provide value to both my viewers and brands by promoting the products that I actually use. And that's kind of one of the things I've been toying around with as well. Not quite sure how to do that though. Well, we're starting to get to the stage where we're talking monetization here. We're starting to head down that route, but let's just take it for a promotional at the moment. Because the other Andrew from the uh, YouTube channel Tech Team GB that I was working with he actually found that a couple of the people he used their products he spoke to, they wouldn't necessarily sponsor his channel, but they would promote his videos reviewing their stuff. 
So they, some of them actually paid for adverts for his videos. Okay. And that's a really interesting thing. Some of them paid him to do the video and promoted his own video to build his channel because it spoke about his product. There's only one way to know. What do you do? You make a list of the products. You look up their marketing managers, get on LinkedIn. You can do find the email addresses online. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can guess the emails. Like if you can find the name on LinkedIn, it's just first name dot surname at business.com or whatever it is. Like you can guess that stuff and message them and ring them. And if you do that activity and you reach out saying, hi, I'm Andrew. Here's my YouTube channel. I love your product. Like, I don't know if there's an opportunity, but I just want to connect with you and ask you, what are you doing with the product? Where are you going? I am fascinated. And have a chat to them about what they're doing. Like, that's a really soft, easy introduction to get you making progress. Yeah, 100%. I think where I'm at with that is that I've tried that with two brands. That's not enough. And I've sent one email to each. I think what I've learned from listening to your podcast is that that persistence i think you throw around the stats like you're likely to get rejected seven times before you get a yes so yep. i've done it one email to each brand about three months ago so and no response and no response so i didn't double down i think where i'm at right now as well is that i feel that there is a credibility as well with having your content so front and center I can send an email like that and feel confident that if I drop a hyperlink to my YouTube channel, the person at the other end of the email, hopefully, should be able to take a quick look and say, okay, this person has some sort of credibility about what he's talking about. I think that the two brands might be synergistic with each other. Let's give him a go. Let's offer him a chance. I think that's where I'm at at the moment. Just ask for a chat. Like you've got credibility, you've got 40,000 views on some of your videos, you've got a channel with <laughs> subscribers, you're doing the exercise, you use the product, they should speak to you just because you're a customer. Yeah, like true. I am a loyal customer and a fan. Forget the fact you've got a YouTube channel, I love your product and I want to chat to you. Just make a connection, have fun, get to know them, ask what they're doing with the product, where they're going with it. Are they going to create new versions of it? Are they developing it? What are they trying to do? What's their goals? Mm. Like, Just connect with these people and just being a valuable part of the community and a user of their products is enough. Yeah, it really is. I think when you think about these big execs or marketing managers, it's easy sometimes to forget that they're people as well. You know, they're people with motivations. They probably even work for that company because they have similar passions. So relating to them on that level should come quite easily to somebody using their products. It's just, it's so easy as you start typing the email to go, how do I make a head of marketing laugh? Whereas like, really, you should be thinking, how do I make somebody into fitness, probably in the same headspace as yourself, be engaged with an email, which should come really easily because the passions should be quite aligned. Yes. And I think one of the things I heard you say in that sentence was you forget that these big execs, like remove the term big executive from your vocabulary. You don't need <laughs> it. They're human beings, hmm. just like you, just like me. They breathe, they eat, they sleep. Like have a peer to peer relationship as a fan of fitness, a lover of the product. Like just have a peer to peer relationship. That'll be the people they connect with. 
Like yeah, you don't have sure. to go in going, oh, I'm such a big fan. And like having all this, like you're the big executive. The worst thing you can say at the start is I know you're busy because mm. then they go, yes, you're damn right. I'm busy. Like get to the point. It changes <laughs> the game. Taking my time. Yeah. Like connect with them, connect with them and remove all these things of they are working for big companies and they're big execs at big brands. Like we're just all human beings. Yeah. Connect with them as who they are. Like we all breathe, we all eat most of the time. We all shower. Like we're normal humans all trying to achieve things. Connect and find out what they're trying to achieve. For sure. Okay. So those are the three things to promote the channel. Will you commit to having a go at those three things and reporting back? I will. I'd be more than happy to do that. Blatantly going to hold you accountable to those three, Andrew. I expect you to. I've <laughs> I've heard some of the other people that have gone through the coaching series on this and they always come back with the goods. So I don't want to be the first to <laughs> let the podcast down. <laughs> oh, don't worry. There's plenty of people come back and go, Alan, that didn't work. But then we come up with the next strategy. Yeah, but that's what I mean. They've tried it, right? Yeah, they've tried, they've it. tried I, it. I I don't want to be the first to come back and be like, oh, I was too scared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it, this is the bit. It doesn't matter whether it works or not. What matters is you're making progress and doing things. And mm. I think we can't know what is going to work before we try. And of those three things, two of them will probably fail. You'll send 50 emails and get one response. Like most of the stuff you do won't work. And that's okay. Because one thing will work in a spectacular way, you will be shocked and you will be happy. But unless we do it all, we'll never know what that one thing is. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So we've got the having a look at the channel. We've got the marketing of the channel. And then we've got the monetization of the channel, which if you're ever going to turn this into a full thing, at some stage, we need to make money from the channel and we need to turn it into a business. And We've all got to do that. We've got to get comfortable selling. We've got to get comfortable making money. So let's have just a, a little chat about the different ways. And I'm going to outline a few of them and then we'll discuss where you want to go. Yeah. So number one is becoming an affiliate for other people's businesses. So let's say it's a yoga mat. Quite often the yoga mat suppliers will have an affiliate scheme where for every yoga mat you sell, you will receive a commission of X. You don't even need your own product. You can sell someone else's. The biggest affiliate scheme in the world is Amazon. Uh, you can become an affiliate of Amazon and you can link to where people can buy it. It's called the Amazon Associates Program. And that's one way to do it. So number one, become an affiliate. Number two is getting the brands to sponsor you. You are on your way to having a channel big enough to be able to do that. You're starting to get the views. You're doing a great job. You can definitely start to reach out and make friends with the brands, which we've actually just been speaking about. So you've got sponsorship. Number three is your own merchandise. So what could you produce? What could you sell? Is there a t-shirt to go with it? Is there a a hat to go with it? Is there some, well, it's calisthenics, so you're using body weight, but you know, is there some stuff to go with it? You could produce your own merch to go with it. Yeah, for sure. That's actually, it's a, it's an interesting one because you see a lot of people selling, um, they're on t-shirts and they fly off the shelf. And it's funny because you know, people aren't buying it for the fashion and they're buying it because they want to buy into the community around that, that somebody has built. And I think what's interesting with that is 
there is a lot of stuff actually within the calisthenics world that people can purchase gymnastics rings like you mentioned yoga mats wrist supports gloves etc these are the sort of things that i think if you can provide value in terms of fitness information you then have credibility when you start to sell things that you're saying will add value in terms of fitness performance and that's as long as you provide the goods on both that's where i think you can get mutual benefit which is great definitely definitely so we've got the merch at number 3 number 4 is an online course which I'm going to mind read here, but partly you're going to go, I've not got the credibility yet, but you have to help beginners because you've done the first year and you've showed amazing results. You don't have to coach the best of the best. You have to coach the people just to start. Mm. So there's no reason why you can't do an online course. Number five is like a membership program. So become part of my membership program and I will help you do it and you'll get this, you'll get that. Yep. Number six is a Kickstarter. So you could do a Kickstarter for your own thing, whatever it is. We can brainstorm ideas. Yeah. Number seven is consulting. So there's no reason why you couldn't do consulting for health and fitness for large organizations who've got people who are working at their desks all day from home and they're worried about the fitness of their staff going down. So you could teach them the body weight exercise. You don't need any kit. You don't need anything. We can help you stay focused, feel healthy and fit mm. and get more done each day for your employer. So you could do consulting. Yeah. It's really interesting that you say that because the amount of times my own colleagues have told me that I should run an internal fitness class for the company mm -hmm. where I work at, at the moment and I naturally have said, no, not for where I work. And I've kind of shut, shut, shut. I don't know. I've always ran away from it. Like I said, I have my day job and then I have this. I currently keep the two separate. If I'm honest, I'm not sure why. There is probably ample opportunity in that space because I know they have paid for people to do that in the past, especially over lockdown when they're all working from mm -hmm. home. So... It's interesting that you say that because this conversation is just showing me how many times I've got in my own way. And that is <laughs> certainly an avenue that I should explore. I really should. I think you should. Even if you do the first one for free, Andrew, just speak yeah. to your company. I'll do the lunchtime thing for free. I'll mm -hmm. film it for my YouTube channel. And you get content for your YouTube channel. Plus, you can say, I have spoken at X big company for their employers. Then when you go out to sell this, you can say, I've already done it for these people. That is incredibly powerful. That's yeah, basically sure. the one strategy I use to build credibility for my whole training business. I managed to land Microsoft as a client for my presence presentation skills workshop. And then I went around saying, well, I've worked for Microsoft doing this. And guess what everyone else said? Well, I want to send you all my money, basically. Well, it's not quite that simple, but once <laughs> people have heard, oh, you've done it for Microsoft and you've got great yeah. reviews, they go, well, if it's good enough for Microsoft, you've got something I should be interested, tell me more, and it opens the door. And I never was quite as blatant as that. I would get the pitch meeting, and as part of that, I would say, oh, that's interesting, tell me about your course. When I did it for Microsoft, I learned this. So I always said it in a very organic uh, way. I wasn't shouting about it, but it, as part of my pitch, it was so powerful, so powerful. So just 
do it once for this company, then see if they'll buy it, and yeah. then go out to everyone else and say, I've already done it for this company. Yeah, for sure. I guess building that credibility to get your foot through the door is so important. So yeah, like I said, I don't know why I didn't. I just haven't yet. Okay, take this as a virtual slap round the chops and get on with it and do it. <laughs> My face is red, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Number eight is coaching. There's going to be the super fans. Even within your current audience of two and a half thousand people, there is the super fans that would want to pay you to coach them. They're like, I love his videos. I love what he's doing. I'm just not quite getting it at home. Help me. I've got money. I need support. Mm. And there's no reason why you couldn't do a coaching series for your YouTube channel where you take one of your listeners. That could be the price. For the marketing thing we were thinking about, that's the price is I will coach you. I'll do it with you. It'll be part of the YouTube channel. You're getting content. Like you could get paid for it or you could just give it away as the price. There's so many ways to do this. But the coaching bit, there is money there to be made and you've already got the fans. Yeah, for sure. I think the interesting part for that comes with doing it online. So I've coached a few people in person the online bit is the interesting part because a lot of my viewers are dotted around the world. I think one thing that COVID has taught us, though, is that that should no longer be a barrier. There's a lot of tools out there that you can use to circumvent that barrier because really it's kind of just an excuse now. Yeah, that is a really good thing that I really should explore. If it's for the competition, ask them what phone they've got. Mm. and send them a mini tripod for their phone and say, I'm going to teach you how to do the thing, and then I want you to film yourself doing it. Send me the video. I'll give you feedback and then have another go. That would make a wonderful video coaching someone to do the things, yeah. and you'll get high-quality video. They will love it. The YouTube channel will look good. It'll be great for the marketing. Mm. But I see this as a fairly easy win. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I really like that. Okay, so there's coaching, whether it's paid or doing it or competition doesn't really matter. Number nine is speaking. You can speak about the health benefits of calisthenics. You can sell talks. There's a bunch of companies that are doing this right now. They're hiring speakers to motivate staff to stay engaged. There's a whole speaking world out there that you can start to get into. And you can talk about your transformation over the year what you've done, how you did it in lockdown. And we're all considering this stuff at the moment, how to stay mm. healthy working from home to get out there doing speaking gigs. And um, that's number nine. Yeah. Again, what I like about that is that I can start that from where I'm at now. Like I said, I'm a full-time employee somewhere and I can test all these things with not only people that I know value this stuff, but people who I am 100% certain would give me really valuable and reliable feedback, not just tailored to my ego. Because like, like I said, these are people that I've been working with for years. So yeah, another idea that I hadn't thought of that I really should explore. What is the only true form of feedback, Andrew? Cash in your hand, really. Cash in your hand. The only true form of feedback is when you say to someone, I do this, will you buy? Mm. Yes, Great. You've got a customer. You're on your way. That's amazing feedback. No. Excellent. That's perfect feedback. Tell me why, what you thought, what the challenges are. Let's learn from this. The only real moment is when you ask someone to take their money out of their pocket and give it to you. Up until that point, it is all hypothetical, in the air, 
Some people will be nice to you. Some people will be harsh to you. It's not real until you ask for the cash. So what do you think I want you to do? You want me to lean in and say, <laughs> this will cost X amount? Yes. So I can run this for you. Yeah. It will cost X. I can run it next week. All you need to do is say yes, and I'll take care of the details. Would you like to buy? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and for those of you who can't see, I'm leaning into the camera, staring at Andrew at that point. It's that awkward moment that you get into. I very almost handed you some money, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the next one, Andrew. Number 10 is physical events. And actually this one, like I've had a lot of experience running physical events. There are so many ways to make money in this. And I know we're in lockdown now, but I am predicting a swing back to people wanting. There's going to be a whole bunch of people who've missed out on seeing other humans for the last year. They'll want to get out there. Physical events are incredible. And I don't know whether it's a, a meet in the park in London mm -hmm. to do calisthenics together. It's a once a week boot camp. It's Cali to the crowd uh -huh. live in Hyde Park. Come down Saturday morning. It's £10, £20, whatever it is. Who cares? Uh, and we'll do that. Whether it's a, a week long calisthenics trip to the New Forest where we dive around and you know use the trees whether it's the giant thing and like all of these things can be run as mini experiments around your current employment to see where the money will come but it's just doing a physical event and there is huge money in physical events with tickets leveraging the numbers and the best thing about it is you can pre-sell all the tickets andrew so you don't have to take any risk it's an experiment see if it pre-sells if it doesn't don't do it if it does brilliant go for it yeah, for sure. And I think that's something that, to your point, even though we're in lockdown now, I think that there'll be a huge push because people will have missed the personal contact. You can do a gym class through your laptop at home and get a good workout in. But there is something about that community of people when you're in a gym class together, you literally see yourself all huffing and puffing in the mirror together. And then maybe you go out for a coffee afterwards with those same people. It's, it's just that little bit different. And I think that there will be a huge appetite for that. So leaning into that will be something that I certainly will want to capitalize on. Absolutely. And then the final one is number 11, AdSense, which, you know, I've got mixed feelings about this. The volume of money mm. coming through has gone down. It's changed. You need a lot more views, a lot bigger channel. But it's there and it is a way to make money on YouTube. And it's a way yeah. to have money coming in anyway. That's maybe one to explore. But there's 11 ways to monetize your YouTube channel. And you probably know the question that's coming next. I'm going to close you, Andrew. Which ones are you going to do a mini experiment on? Which ones are you going to test? How are you going to try? I've put them in the chat if you want to have a look there so you can see through the 11 different ones. But yeah, what are you going to try? What are you going to test? So in terms of starting immediately, as in literally immediately after we get off this call, <laughs> because that's how my mind works. I have to start it straight away. I know I'll put myself off it. I really want to try emailing out to brands, but this time with more impetus. So last time where I sent an email, mm. didn't get a reply, went back to watching Netflix, I will double down and <laughs> try and find the right person to speak to. The other thing I really want to try is getting involved with, like I said, a, a physical event. 
post lockdown, I really would like to very quickly establish if I did, even if the first one was free, something where I said, I'm going to be at this park at this time. I'm training handstands. Come if you want. It would be nice to know if people do turn up. Now, obviously, the subset of people that will be available to turn up will have to be quite local, but that's fine. I've still got a lot of viewers I know that live in London because YouTube tells me they live in London. And that would be really interesting to give a go. And then the other thing is, so the AdSense thing that you spoke about, I'm actually on the verge of tipping into the sort of channel that can actually be monetized by YouTube. So for those who don't know, you have to have a certain amount of hours watched on your channel before YouTube starts putting ads on your videos. And I'm at that tipping point. I think I actually will cross it in the next week. So I'd be interested to know what that looks like financially on my side of the ledger. Because right now I've been filming these videos. Yes, they've been entertaining for me, but I know YouTube will eventually make a lot of money from it. So I want to see of the money that YouTube makes, how much I get. (laughs) (laughs) It's worth doing the experiment and it's worth testing. And I think that's one of the key takeaways here is is it's an experiment. All of these things we're talking about, we're going to experiment. And if you do the experiment and viewers go down and it doesn't work and you only earn a very few pennies, then finish the experiment and try something else. And I would say of monetization strategies... The ones that you control the entire strategy, Mm. i.e. live events, you're going to make a far bigger percentage of the profit. The ones where you're relying on someone else to do all the sales, to get the sponsors, i.e. the AdSense, because YouTube is going out and selling adverts based on your channel, you're going to get a lot less percentage of the profit. But if you've got scale on the numbers, that can work nicely. So it's just thinking those two things. And you can actually monetize a YouTube channel, a platform, a podcast, a blog at a far higher level using the strategies where you're doing it all yourself. But it tends to be more work, more responsibility, more effort. It tends to be those things, but it can also be incredible. And one of the things I was inspired by, I don't know if you've ever listened to Social Media Examiner. Uh, He has a podcast about using social media to promote your business that entire podcast is to sell one event a year in San Diego. And they make an incredible amount of money doing social media marketing world. Like that entire podcast sells that one event. It's phenomenal. They add value through the podcast. It was actually excellent when I've listened to it. So you can run one event and make a significant amount of money. It is unbelievable what you can achieve. We just need to test and start to grow. And if no one shows up to your first live event in the park, what's the worst thing that happens? I train alone in the park. And you film yourself and do a video about it. Well, yeah, true, actually. Like, what's the worst that happens? The worst that happens is no one shows up and you go, okay, I might try this once or twice more to see if it works. Yeah, I'm in a nice park. Maybe try it in a different location next time. But yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you just got to do a test. You just got to do a test. And there is actually very little for you to lose risk-wise trying any of these things. We just got to test. Do you know what this conversation, I've been obviously thinking through what you've been saying as you've been saying it. And the one thing I've got a lot from this conversation is that like, there is a lot of things I forget about my own content 
that had so much value that that alone stops me from wanting to put it out to more people. It's so weird. If I say to you that I have a viewership of 40,000 people that have watched my videos and they've left really nice comments, somebody else might look at that and say, you need to be pushing this out to more people because they'll be getting more value. But as the creator of that content, that's not how you usually think. You kind of think, oh, well, these people must have been weirdos. They liked it and then no one else will. I shouldn't reach out to somebody else because they'd look at me and say no. It's so weird how your mind works when it comes to something you create. I imagine there's some sort of defensive mechanism to protect you from the word no. From rejection. Exactly, yeah. It's like you said, what can you lose? Nothing. And what can you gain? Potentially everything. Yes, and I'm going to push you slightly harder now, Andrew. Stop Mm -hmm. being selfish and keeping all these ways to be healthy to yourself and start (laughs) sharing them with the world and helping people be healthy at home. Mm, yeah, I think I needed to hear that. The awkward pause afterwards is always excellent. <laughs> uh, right. Embrace the pause. So what have you committed to? Run me through what you've committed to, and then I've got some closing messages for you and the audience, and we're going to wrap up today. So I've committed to reaching out to more brands. I think I want to put a number on that. I, I will reach out to every single product I use in my day-to-day, it's about 10 brands. I'll reach out to all 10 of them before the end of Friday and I will email them. And if they don't reply, I'll wait two days and I'll email them again. The sort of tips I've learned from listening to your coaching series. I will take a look at how much money I make from Google AdSense because like I said, I'm on that tipping point. By the end of next week, I'll have reached the number of watch hours to be able to get to that. And On my YouTube community, I'll put up a survey and say, look, if I was to host an event in London, the moment lockdown was over, how many of you would be interested in this? Maybe even put some details about what I do there. It's a weird one of that one, because I know some people might go, yeah, I turn up. And then nobody does. But it's one of those where I've never asked before. So I'd be really intrigued to see what the appetite was for that. Do it. A couple of tips. Number one is get their email addresses. So when you're doing this, Mm. you need their email addresses to then be able to communicate them with directly and said, okay, you said you would come. Here's the date. Here's the time. Are you going to be there? Because if you don't follow up like that, it's too loose. So get their email addresses, drive them to a page, capture the email address, and then communicate directly with them. And this is the building of your list, which is one of the most valuable things you can have in any business is a list of customers. So start building that list by doing that. Number two is you're absolutely right. Just because they say, yes, they're interested doesn't mean they'll show up. However, if they've said, yes, they're interested, they're far more likely to show up out of a commitment-based thing than they are if you just randomly put it out at a later date. So having Mm. that two-stage process will actually increase your show up rate. So I would absolutely do this and just ask, would you be interested? And if people have said that they're interested, you can then email them and they're more likely to show up. So that's a fantastic way to do it. Yeah, I really like that. Cool. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking to us about your YouTube channel, what you're up to. We've got another episode planned where Matt Eastley from the first season who built an incredible woodworking YouTube channel is going to come back on the show and work with you going through your YouTube channel. So I think that's going to be interesting for everyone looking at how they grow a channel. And these comments, these ideas 
are relevant in every area of business. So even if you don't have a YouTube channel, this is a fantastic episode to listen to because you'll be able to apply this to your blog, to your website, to your business, to be able to help refine and grow it. Just so everyone's clear, Andrew, please tell us your business and where they can find you online. Yeah, you can find me on YouTube by searching Andrew Alinda, A-L-I-N-D-A, Alinda, or by searching Cali to the crowd. And you'll see a whole host of fitness content on there that I'm sure there'll be something for everyone. So check out Andrew's videos and the summary for the event, the summary for this workshop for all of you, including me, is what is the only way to know if something will work or not? You would not believe the number of people who come to me and go, I've been thinking about launching this business for two years, but I don't know if it'll work. And I just look at them and go, neither do I. Shall we try? Stop thinking about it and start doing it. There is only one way to know if your idea will work, if your business will work, if someone will buy. And that is to try. There's no other way. Like we can sit talking about it for years and I'll get incredibly frustrated because I like to try things. But people can think about ideas for years without ever implementing it. There is only one way to know if what you want to do will be successful, and that is to try. So to all of you listening, that thing you've been thinking about, that thing you've been going, oh, I should do this, or I, you know, I don't know, or yeah, do it. Just do a small version of it, test it, put it out into the world, try it, and you never know. Like if Andrew tries his event out there in the world and no one shows up in the park, well, you know, he can film a video and go home on his own and he hasn't lost too much and it's okay. We just won't talk about it. If 10 people show up, we've got the start of a movement and we've got some real energy going. The only way to know is to try. So to all of you listening, get out there and try it. Have a go. Make it happen. Thank you for listening to The Rebel Entrepreneur. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it, so start creating. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.